Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Extra Show with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Ian Slat Slater, Ian Alderson, and Ollie Griffiths. For your latest dose of all things lower league Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to episode 7 of the Cow Corner Extra Show. My name's James Hill and once again I'm joined by my good friends Ian Alderson, Ollie Griffiths and Ian Slats. Slater, how are we guys? Good James, yeah, not bad at all actually. Um, so about the other boys, how are we fellas? Go on, oh, you go first. You've been on holiday. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, well, I'm very good because I've been on holiday again, this time skiing. A bit, a bit cooler than the last holiday that we uh, we discussed. So I was actually on it, wasn't I, last time? Um, so, <laughs> yes. So it's a good job we didn't decide to do it this time because there was uh, no Wi-Fi. It's about as good as James's Wi-Fi tonight. Yes, I was about to say, if you do hear any airplanes in the background, it isn't me uh, putting any kind of like extra effects in for the fact that Ollie's been on holiday. I am at a, uh, I'm at a show for, as part of work and they've put me up in a hotel, literally a stone's throw away from Birmingham Airport's uh, takeoff strip. So uh, yeah, I can hear every plane as it comes in and departs, which for some people is great. But um, yeah, so if you do hear any planes tonight that <laughs> I do apologize and in the place that I'm staying I won't name it you get five minutes of wi-fi for free and then after that you have to pay uh, five pounds an hour so I am hot spotting off the phone being the Yorkshireman that I am spendthrift and all that not paying five pound for nothing um so yeah I am I, I do apologize if uh, there's <laughs> the quality of tonight isn't you want to give me as... <laughs> all right then. um but yeah so anyway tonight well we were supposed to record this guys around Christmas time but it's taken quite a long time for um the lower league structure to come through and come out. And luckily, we've been uh, graced by having some rules changes as well. So 
before we go on to the structure and have a bit of a chat, um, Ollie, our rules aficionado, what's uh, what's changed going into this year? Um, I genuinely haven't got a clue, James, because I wasn't at the meeting. So probably you better go in. <laughs> Slats. Slats. Because <laughs> he oh. was there. Lots of stuff. Unfortunately, it was the one night. It was I think it was the one night in November I couldn't do. Um, but, uh, so I'll pass that one over to Slats. He doesn't need an excuse to talk, does he? So. <laughs> oh, go on then, Slats. The floor that is yours. Friend, that, friendly, that batter, friendly batter. Friendly batter. Yeah, that, that that hurt all that did. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, to be honest, there's lots of little changes to the rules, as hopefully you've all seen, and the, as these things have come out um, this week, um, in terms of uh, changes and what have you. There's been a change to the rain interrupted rule that affects the Prem and Div One, and yeah, we're not talking about it tonight. Um, in terms of general rule changes, obviously. The, the really big one, um, which of course everybody's been talking about over the uh, since October when it actually became part of the laws, was the old. Um, I'm not going to call it. Uh, it's running out the non-striking batsman um, by the by the bowler. Basically, we all mm. know it is. It's famously known as the man cad, but it's just actually just you know running out the non-striking when he's left his ground. Basically. Mm. Um, we, we debated this and talked about it because, you know, what happens in professional cricket and you've seen some things on there about, oh, well, his arm was over the horizontal, therefore you can't, it's not out and all that nonsense. We don't have cameras. We don't have um, all of those wonderful electronic aids and everything else. So it's simply one of the things that we put in is basically that there has to be a warning because this is recreational cricket, guys, you know, there's going to be an issue, but it is a team warning. So people need to be aware of that. So and that's once across a all warning, leagues. That's has, across all divisions. That's, that's across all divisions. Um, you know, generally with the lower lower leagues, it's you're umpiring while your mates are playing. And, you know, for, while you're not batting, you're umpiring. Or if you've been and batted, you're then umpiring. So, you know, it's putting people in difficult positions. And we don't want that sort of aggravation or anything like that. So once a warning has been given, then it's fair go. So that's one of the big ones. A warning must be given. There's none of this just running people out without uh, giving a warning. But hopefully it will make the batsman aware. Um, I think that's a fair rule. Other rule think? changes. I think that's fair, don't you think, Ian? I, I, I completely agree with it. I think um, I think most batsmen who do it are cheats. So I think they should be... Um, you know, if they want to get run out, you carry on doing it. I think it's a very good rule that it's become official. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it, love it. And Ollie you know, has you the. Get, uh... you, get, you get it taken <laughs> if it's a short run. If it's a short run, it's not given. You know, some of them do take the piss completely. You know, so uh, I, I've got every sympathy with uh, anybody who. Um, Knocks off somebody's bales when they're cheating. That's absolutely fine by me. And Ollie, as the uh, as the podcast's certified all rounder, what are your thoughts as you've got foot in both camps? <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of the rule. Full stop. Um, never have been, and probably never will be. <clears throat> um, having said that, if someone is taking blatant um, advantages, then I think they need a warning at least. Um, and we'll see where we go from there. But I'm not. I'm. I've never been a fan of it. Don't agree with the rule. I understand it's part of cricket now, and it's something we're going to have to deal with going forward. But 
we'll just see how this season plays out. But I, I can see there being a lot of unrest through the season with people, some people of my mindset and some of, it, of Ian's mindset that want to, um, you know, up, you know, use the rule to its full extent. And if they can, they will. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And, yeah, I think fair play to league. I think it's quite a good idea to have it as a team warning as well. Um, yeah. So the team has to be aware of the situation, and it just means that you can't, you know, you can't just be throw everyone, everyone have a go at it, and, you know, and then it just makes it makes more sense, and it just means that people aren't taking advantage. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. People, people do need to not be halfway down the track when the ball's bowled because mm. that's just that's just not right. Um, but if it it's the matter of inches, you know, then and they've just been sort of slightly a bit eager. It's not like they're trying to um, it's, purposefully it's, break the rules. It's 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 with, if they're seeking an advantage, I think it's it's kind of you know uh, it, the, the prime example we saw in the, that uh, uh, women's international England against uh, India. Actually, when you looked at it, when the bowler was delivering, that batsman was just, you know, she wasn't leaving her ground as such. It was just momentum. And she wasn't trying to seek an advantage, yet she was run out. Now, if we have that situation, <laughs> you know, it's going to be chaos on, on recreational cricket on the Saturday. And I, I totally understand where Ian's coming from. Is Do you know what? If they're leaving their ground early, it's it is cheating. I mean, it's it's call it what you like, gamesmanship maybe. But um, it, you know the rules are there, and they've been there for years and years and years and years. Um, in terms of this, it's now a part of the laws of cricket. That's the change. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's a sensible approach, and we'll see what happens at the end of the day. We'll see what happens in as as the season goes on, and we'll find out if we get any. Um, mm. I genuinely don't think we will have any of those very, very tight decisions. I think purely and simply it is to stop people taking the mickey. You know, I don't think any bowler will be able to, or umpire, would be able to give anybody out if it is that close. And I'm not talking about the people who are just out. I'm talking about the batsmen who are, you know, a couple of feet, a yard out you know, who are taking the mickey. There's there's enough controversy over LBWs and runouts in the Shropshire League, <laughs> let alone mancads. So, you know, I yeah. think if a, if a mancad was given out anyway, I think you'd ha- it'd have to be very, very obvious. And it would... Uh... I wouldn't even I wouldn't even hesitate to think it would I think it's more likely to happen it more likely to be given in Prem Div one because I think lower down it's just yeah you've got it's to be gonna, a brave you're going to have to be a brave umpire to give it if not aren't you if you're not panel it's it's the, the worry for me was it's just going to cause friction mm. and and you know and this is recreational cricket yeah we all want to win but we also play to enjoy the, our Saturdays and Sundays to enjoy cricket and, and you know and play this fantastic game so mm. yeah I think the warning is, is, is very very important um, yeah and we all know the clubs things, will be at it too clubs like and 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 <laughs> and I think we can all and, agree those those clubs will definitely be on it won't we guys <laughs> fill in your own gaps <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry, James. Should we have beeped when you were doing that? 
Sorry, Eddie, anyway, Slash, please carry on next. There will be instances, and it'll be interesting to see how the disciplinary committee deals with that. Anyway, um, other, other main main changes is that um, instead of having an umpire's point now, uh, the rules will be changed this year. It'll be an official's point. I like this so, one. So uh, the issue was before, if, if a club had a scorer and an umpire, potentially they'd get 44 points a year. And it could make a difference between relegation and promotion, that sort of stuff. But actually, providing an official, they get so if they if they provide both, they still only get one point. Yeah, but one or the others, it's an official's point, and those officials will still have to be DBS. They will have to be qualified, and they'll have to be on the register that Mike Jenkins, um, not not that sort of register, James, on the register that Mike <laughs> Jenkins keeps. <laughs> So you know it's it's all above board and everything else. So you know good, you can't good. Your, So but that's I good. That's, that's good because I think because there, there are quite a lot of clubs out there who don't have umpires but bring scorers and those scorers are just as valuable to the game as having umpires because having players as scorers is atrocious at, at the best of times. But so yeah, I'm I'm really happy with this one. Um, yeah, that's I mean, discrimination and includes scorers as well because I think for last few years scorers have been a bit. Felt like they've been a well, bit neglected. It was, it, was, it, it was only it was only last year that the point went away. Don't forget, it was only last season that we took away the scorers' point. But we listened, you know. And I like to think, actually, as a committee, mm. we do listen and we Just take things for the scorers, and we try and find a solution. Right, look, I definitely, I definitely agree that forty-four points in one season was was far too many. Um, so I think this is the best of both worlds. You know, forty-four points makes a humongous difference if you. One of those clubs that's lucky enough to have those volunteers that want to do it every single week. I mean, chances of 44 yeah. points are slim because you're going to lose a game somewhere, probably. But um, to 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 put it back to the 20, it's always been it's always been one point for the umpire. Um, so it's now umpire or scorer too. Oh um, for those people who want to come along and help every week, but can't um, can't umpire or don't want to umpire for some and, for some reason. So, Ollie, you're actually right because 44 points could make all the difference, especially if you finish fourth from bottom. <laughs> or oh, bottom, bottom. <laughs> oh, right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Bit of a sore subject that slats for two of us in this in this podcast, but we'll get on to it in a minute. Um, um, anyway, but anyway um, yeah, the next one. The other big change, really, and it's only for divisions two down to eight now, um, is. <laughs> The win-lose-draw and win-lose um, last year, obviously, or we played win-lose-draw at the start. So we, we, we moved it to, instead of playing win-lose-draw, win-lose, then win-lose-draw, to just make it nice and easy for everybody. It was win-lose. If you come to the end of the season, everybody gets everybody can get the same amount of points basically so there was a you looked at it last year and a, and a really good example is um welshpool and harcourt in division seven they went into the last few games tied on points and actually into the last game of the season they were on exactly the same points and the maximum points they could get for a win was 20. if you had an umpire or an official this year you get an extra point and as it was Welshpool had a um, an official uh, mm-hmm. in the last game of the season. Har- Harcourt didn't. They both won. Welshpool 
won the title by getting that extra point. Yeah. And so the rules committee sat down and discussed this. And actually, if we twitched it round, so actually you play win lose at the start of the season for the first half, and win lose draw for the second half of the season. Then it puts more onus on the captains to go. Do you know what? We're gonna if we win the toss, we're gonna bat first to try and get the extra four points. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, because if Look, you lose the toss, then it, you, if you win, you get the four points anyway, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. If you well, no, not well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but it's 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 putting that onus on the toss. I have read the rule book. To... I have read the rule book, contrary to Good what man. some people believe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's but, a bit of an insider joke. But, <laughs> but I guess, look, you know, it's it's a case of seeing how it runs, but at least it gives that option that you know what you're going into the last games of the season, and if you're trying to get promotion and you know you've got teams close around you, that you're going all out for it to win the toss and have an official and you know try and get 25 points last game of the season or whatever mm-hmm. to to win the league or come second or whatever. Yeah, because you could you could still have an official and still not get full win points. So you know, yeah, it's I, I get it, Ian. What are your thoughts? I, I think it's a very good idea. Um, personally, I love win lose draw cricket, and um, I'd be quite happy if the whole season was win lose draw. But you know, that's a debate for another day. But um, yeah, no, I think it's a very good idea because it does. You, there is a whole load of points you can get different uh, in a win lose draw game. Sorts the adults from the kids. Exactly right. Ollie? And teaches the kids proper teaches the kids proper cricket. I, I I completely agree. I completely agree. It's the better way to have it round. Um, <clears throat> I understand why people don't like win win lose draw cricket um, because it can promote a negative style of cricket. Um, but like Ian, I think you can have some of the best games I've played have been win lose draw. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I do see I do see a benefit of it, and that's probably an unpopular opinion. Um, it's, no, it's very popular in my house, Ollie. Very popular in my house. <laughs> <laughs> what does your missus play? <laughs> no, no, but she likes watching win lose draw cricket. <laughs> she appreciates a good forward defence, doesn't she? In what a quality <laughs> woman she is. <laughs> She's been, bat- she's been batting Ian off for years. <laughs> patience patience so anyway. of the saints. <laughs> so anyway, on to the next rule change. Uh, I think those are the main ones, really. Was there something of... to do with loans? Was there a bit something just changed yes. on the loans? Or... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we've we've increased basically the loan rule now. Um, We've we've laid it out better. The wording is better in the in the handbook. But we've also there were a couple of instances last year where teams were loaning players from uh, you know that were Premier Premier Division players, and they were rocking up in Division Six from memory, um, which kind of is you know the rules committee had relaxed the relaxed the rule on loans. Um, <laughs> Sorry, guys, that's the that was an absolute beast of a plane, that one. Sorry, guys. Carry on. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just... It, look, we're, the, the rule for loans was relaxed to try and, you know, make it more of a thing so that, you know, we relaxed the age groups before last season. Um, 
because we understand that clubs want to, you know, we want people playing cricket at the end of the day. We don't want games conceded. We want the opportunity for people to be able to play cricket. If they're not picked for their club and they're available and want to play a game of cricket, they could go and play for another club for a week just to get a game of cricket. Um, and, you know, it's a win-win. Unfortunately, by doing that, we open the door to certain practices where, do you know what? Players played in divisions where they had no right to be playing in, really, and common sense should have applied, but the situation was a situation. So that's been tightened up a little bit as far as that's concerned. I won't go into all the detail here. Read it in the rule changes, um, James. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hopefully it's laid out better now in terms of what isn't, isn't acceptable. And, you know, hopefully there shouldn't be those instances where people are playing in, the, in a standard that's way lower than the standard they should be playing because it's, you know, they can win a game. You know, one of the people who played in division six last year got a turn on the day, mm. you know, it's kind of, you know, it's, and there's also a change to Sunday ruling as well in terms of what divisions you can and can't play. If you play on a Saturday. Yeah. No more, no more smacking the kids around and getting double hundreds and stuff like that. They have to retire. And that's should hopefully put a stop to that practice, which is kind of, Again, I, I just don't see the benefit of it. You know, you're trying to encourage kids to play cricket. They play on a Sunday and they rock up against somebody who's far too good for that division and ends up scoring 200 against them and hitting to all parts of the ground. Is that is is that how you want people to learn to play cricket? Probably not. Yeah, that's. So, I, think I like that. I like that rule. That's good because I think. Yeah. Sunday Div One. There's still some very good players, isn't there? So. Yeah, and I, I, well, it's it's players it's players from Saturdays though that were playing in Sunday mm. Division Three, you know, and you know decent mm. players on the Saturdays playing Division Three, Sunday Division Three, and smacking people around and getting two hundreds and this, that, and the other. It's just it's nonsense. And I'll be honest with you, you know, we try and apply common sense to things, despite what people may believe. We try and apply common sense to things to make it better for everybody. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, the the loan rule. I mean, when we when we talked about it, bringing it in for last year, because um, I did go to that meeting, I could make that one. Um, we, when we talked about it, there were one or two in the room who were very hesitant and didn't see the benefit of of that loan rule. And those people have since held their hands up and go, you know what? It was a fantastic thing and I was wrong to, to be against it. But we did also say at the same time that there was always going to be a club or two that were going to try and bend, you know, play use that rule against the spirit for which it was intended, which was to make sure, um, and the Sunday rule for players that can play twice in a weekend, was to make sure that teams can um, put a team out. And it means that 22 players can play a game of cricket um, as opposed to one team's got 11, the other team's only got six or seven. And it means that they can't put a team out. And then all those people miss out on a game of cricket. So I think mm. it's fantastic. We were always, there was always going to be a need to be a bit of tweaking, but um, those, those players that were in the higher divisions coming in and smacking kids around in the lower yeah. divisions which just wasn't right for me i think yeah like you well, said there's got to be a bit more there's got to be a m- bit more common sense about it like if you've played on a saturday like i i remember years years ago now that i used to, i i play on a saturday and then play on a sunday mainly because the sunday team needed it and two also i needed it so I'm, I'm still not very good but i was even worse then uh so i needed every game of cricket that i could but because uh if i'd have a bat on the saturday i then wouldn't mind batting nine ten jack on a sunday it was just more about getting out there having a game of cricket and giving everyone else who hasn't had a game on a sunday more of a chance and i think 
you know, if you if you are playing Saturday Sunday, just maybe just trying to give everyone a bit of a go, really. Yeah, and the other thing with the loan rule, just to go on that, we probably would have. I say probably, we may not have had one of the teams that's in the league currently if we hadn't had that loan rule uh, relaxed last year. Um, you know, Axel really really struggled, and then we're able to loan players from Sentinel. And there's two clubs that have used the loan rule, done a really good job of it. That's you know that side of it, and it's mm. and it worked really really well. So, mm. you know, it's you know I, I look at that and go, yeah, that's, that's a plus. You know, we, mm. we the, the, the rules worked. Yeah, and you get you get you know you're getting juniors from Sentinel who are getting two games a weekend, or sometimes those who can't play on a Sunday are playing for Reynolds on a Saturday, and it's only yeah. improving Shropshire cricket, and the kids are getting more exposure to different levels of cricket, different grounds and all sorts of stuff that they may not and be able to and get and you know it keeps them in the game it stops them yeah. from going to other sports like golf or stuff but it, 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 it's also stopped that club being potentially expelled from the league for not fulfilling oh, yeah. their fixtures and having five concessions well, so exactly. you know you know so you know it, it definitely kept them in the league um last year because we played them first game of the season and by their own admission, they were saying, you know, look, we're not going to make halfway through the year this year. But then Sentinel came along, offered to loan them some players. And, you know, I said it, I said it on the end of season review, but I'll say it again. You know, big, you know, big congratulations to Sentinel for that attitude. Um, because without that attitude of a big club, you know, and some there are some big clubs out there who, 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 who like, won't loan, too yeah. scared to loan their players out because they're worried about those players going and playing cricket elsewhere and supporting, you know, going actually enjoying it and going to that club. But at the end mm. of the day, we want as many people to be playing cricket as possible. Um, yeah. And without the attitude of clubs like Sentinel, um, then there's going to be less and less people playing um, playing cricket. And, you know, I'd, I'd encourage all the, the other big clubs. I'm not saying Sentinel are the only ones that have that attitude, but I'd encourage all the big clubs to support, look out, look out there and see which clubs around them are struggling and, and, and offer to help them. Um, it, it means a lot to a small club. One of the other things that we've got, uh, just for other people who are listening, Birmingham League clubs in Division One now get an overseas player if they're a second, if they're a second eleven in there in the Prem, they get an overseas. Yeah, I didn't touch on those because I thought we were talking about the extra podcast. Yeah, the, no, no, the lower yeah, division, I know. Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah. I just thought we just but basically, over basically a couple of them quickly, just so we can. Yeah, the rule was basically okay. Well, the rule was basically that they could. Uh, <laughs> you disappeared there, James. You would, you, 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 your Did lips I? were moving, but you were no sound coming out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I thought, how did that work? I could have done that again. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, it was just because it gives them a, a level playing field in terms of the, if, because the rule was Shropshire Club could have a, an overseas player. So that meant that the first team, so Shrewsbury first, would have an overseas player playing in the Birmingham League. But then their seconds then couldn't have an overseas player because they'd only allowed one per club. Yeah. But obviously, if they're competing in a division where everybody else has got an overseas, it kind of levels the levels the um, the playing field. Yeah. So for them and for well, for them now, um, <laughs> they could have a they could have a, a, an overseas player if they wanted. So eligible in Sunday rules. So eligibility for double up players, same as twenty twenty two. Now three adults plus unlimited juniors. Also one minor tweet for clubs who have two Sunday teams. No player who has played Birmingham League Premier or Division One cricket in the current season or twenty twenty two can play lower 
of the two teams, juniors included. Um, and yeah, draw points for interrupted matches has been tweaked as well. It's been simplified. Mm. I'll take their word for it. I've, but it's been because apparently last year, the rule for the rain interrupted matches for the draw points, there was a number of times when even with officials, panel umpires and official scorers and captains between them, they were getting it wrong and the wrong the wrong points were awarded after a match um, because the rule was so convoluted and complicated. So Tim Barber has done a fantastic job, simplified it. There's the rules, you know, and it's very straightforward for the umpires now. There shouldn't be any mistakes. Fantastic. Right then, so let's move on to the bit that everyone's been looking forward to. Let's talk about the lower league restructure. Okay, so since the last pod, if you listen to the Cow Corner stand, well, the other show with Joss, uh, Andy, and we had uh, Bradley Thornton, we went through Premier to Division 4, but obviously we hadn't, uh, well, and Division 5, but we hadn't had released six seven eight and uh the others so committee members uh i will i will leave this up to you but um first of all the main headlines are we've got three sides who have been double relegated and we've got a couple brand new sides into the league so the first of the double relegated sides entering division six is acton reynolds first eleven so they double relegated from division four now they have asked for this double relegation um and they got yep. it in division six old scott heath second eleven uh join knocking second eleven from division five then remaining in division six are ludlow third eleven lillishaw second eleven kun second eleven willie second eleven montgomery second eleven and column second eleven Joining them from Division 7 are promoted Welshpool 2nd 11 and Harcourt 1st 11. And along with them, a new Saturday side, Roxeter 2nd 11, jumped straight into Division 6. In Division 7, the second double relegated side, Alberbury 2nd 11. They join Corvdale 1st 11, Coton Hall 1st 11, Quat third eleven who come down from Division Six, and they join regular Division Seven sides: Pontsbury Twos, Forton Twos, Lillishall Third Eleven, Old Brighton Twos, Condover Twos, and Ellesmere Twos. Then, in Division Eight, we've got a six-team division. That being the second double relegated side, Church Second Eleven in Division Eight. Beacon 3rd 11, Kai Glass 2nd 11, and Keyside 1st 11 um, join them. They were the previous Division 7 sides from last season. And with them, they join Gillsfield 2nd 11 and Sentinel 3rd 11. So, guys, our thoughts on those new divisions. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ian, do you want to start? Are you talking to Slats or are you talking to me, Oliver? I'm talking to you. He's Slats, you're Ian. <laughs> well, um, yes, I'll start. Um, obviously, we are very disappointed. Um, we came fourth from bottom and worked very hard towards the end of the season to, to, to sort of finish the season strongly which I felt we did. Um, and to finish fourth from bottom, I think you've done the job. Um, you know, I think ourselves and Beacon Threes from Division 7, the other team that finished fourth. A precedent was set in the top, the Premiership and the, the top five, the other five divisions that three teams went down. I appreciate that the league have got a very hard job to do. Um, I appreciate that there's a lot of teams to accommodate new teams this year. Um, but it's, it is just disappointing. And to be honest with you, I was, I was cross to start with. And I've perhaps thought about it a bit more uh, since. And... You know, there's one or two things, you know, that we did last season that I did as captain. We played two games with eight players, so as I didn't concede a game, because we always take an umpire. You know, we'll always get a couple of wickets, and we might get 100 runs. So, you know, we can always try be, be, be trying to get three points, as opposed to minus five points. And... Um, you know, I think going forward, I need, I've never conceded a game as captain when I've been in charge of a team. And, you know, the the mauling we got against Beacon, you know, was devastating, not only for me as the captain, but I had to put players through that. And, you know, and I only did that so as... In, a, in an effort to get us, because we were having a difficult August, you know, I only did that to get us up to fourth from bottom. So I think from that point of view, you know, I've perhaps got to take a long, hard look at myself in the mirror a little bit and, you know, think, you know, what have I got to do more for the club um, than I have for a position in the division perhaps going forward. And I know, you know, we're a very small country club. You know, there's over 100 teams now with the, the Shropshire, Birmingham sides. You know, we're one one team in one club. You know, we're less than 1% of what the league have to worry about. The problem is less than 1% towards the league is my 100%. And, you know, I... I give absolutely everything for that club. And I did everything during last season that I thought fourth from bottom. And um, 
I just feel a little bit let down, you know, um, in general. And, you know, um, I am just, you know, just feeling a bit deflated about it all, to be honest with you. On the upside, Division 7, um, you know, has got some marvellous teams in. I'm not, I'm not knocking Division 7 at all. I mean, you know, the fact that I got to play Gray a couple of times at Condover, they are a wonderful bunch of lads. I love going to Ponsbury. Lillishaw Thirds are great lads. You know, um, Fortin are, are very good. Coatnall is a lovely place to play cricket. And Quat's just down the road and a local derby for us. And we love playing Quat. So, you know, Ellesmere 2 is another great... You know, there's great players in that division. You know, I just thought I'd done enough to stay um, to, to stay up. And, you know, like I say, I'm just feeling... We're all feeling a Corvdale, a little bit deflated and a little bit insignificant, to be honest with you. Mm. So we obviously had a situation with the league that they had 30, 30 teams... Am I am I correct? Twenty twenty-eight. There are twenty-eight teams that they had to split across three divisions. So does <clears throat> someone obviously lads in the committee, do you wanna talk on well, behalf of what you know and what's what you well, slightly you were in the meeting, so you can you can best explain. Okay, well there's a there's a couple of things. Firstly, there would have been twenty-nine teams across those three divisions uh, so that left that left 28 um and just while we're mentioning all skirt i know there's, there's a lot gone on social media and everything else and i've got a lot of friends at, at all skirt and everything else but my view personally and i'm not on the structure committee so it's it's absolutely fine i don't get involved in that but my view personally was they finished third from bottom in, bottom in a season where if you looked at all the other divisions before with these divisions were Certified, the third from bottom team went down because of the Birmingham League situation and when when coming down and Whitchurch not going up created that situation. Okay, so that was my view. Anyway, um, so anyway, Oscar thirds went, so that left you with twenty eight. Now, the big issue around how those those three divisions are structured, I guess that's your question, James, in terms of why we've got a 12, 10 and a six. Yep, is that right? Yeah, um, is. There's a number of number of issues they have to deal with, right? So it's fixture grids. It's actually having teams that can play cricket on a Saturday at a ground as well. So they're sharing a ground or whatever. So it's not having those singleton sides where actually, do you know what? They can use those grounds. Um, and it's just how the fixtures work when you've got to try and fit. We Don't, don't forget there's five extra or four now extra teams in, in the Shropshire League that weren't there last year. So in terms of divisible, you try and make sure you have as, as many 12-team divisions as you possibly can. And as you get down, you either, a, a division of 16 doesn't work. And so you have to try and do something a bit more creative and try and, and, try and make it work uh, in terms of the fixtures, in terms of the availability of grounds and ground sharing. And those are the difficulties that they've had to deal with. I, look, I'm not involved in it. That's what the discussion was around. Um, and, you know, I absolutely take their word for it. I'm, I'm sure it's a bloody difficult situation to try and make all that work. 
it's not ideal, but when you have an additional number of clubs, you have to do something else with it. And it's kind of the best solution of all of the solutions, effectively, um, which is you've got a 10-team Division 7. They will play 20 games, two of which are random. Don't ask me how that's worked out in terms of how random they'll be. (laughs) I've no idea. But the fixture, you know, who does the fixtures and, and Sean Southern and everything will work that mm-hmm. out, I'm sure. And then you've got a division eight where you know you've got six teams in there, so it's 20, 20 games, you'll play each other four times. Mm. So I think it's a, 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 a the first, the first raft is you play each other one week, home one week, away the following week, and that's how it works. And then the second half of the season is the same again. So don't fall out with people in the first game of the season, folks, because it's going <laughs> to make it difficult for the next three games you've got to play. Um, but I guess it's kind of, yeah, I think that was the best way they could do it. And I kind of take their word for it as far as that's concerned. Because I, I'm... You know, I, I, I don't sit there and have to work it all out. It's it's a tough thing. Now, looking from the outside in, would it have made Division 5, 6, 7 and 8 all 10-team leagues? Uh, again, I don't think that worked either. They looked at all the, all the eventualities in terms of how that worked. Mm. Um, and I just think, again... You suddenly, if you suddenly start doing that, yeah. you just, you just, you just heard an impassioned, you know, and that for me was an emotional roller coaster. Listen to Ian talk about how he's felt since this was announced over the last mm. seven to ten days or so, and gone through it, and you know, and his ups and downs, and now he's actually got to look at what he does as a captain um, to try not to concede games when actually, do you know what? We're not going to take a beating like we took against Beacon, and we'll actually maybe concede that game so we don't put the players mm. through it. So that, you know, you just listen to that. If you suddenly then said, actually, do you know what? You make Division Five ten teams. You've got two more teams. You've got to relegate mm. two more teams in Division. So you'd end up relegating. Um, you'd end up relegating probably Montgomery seconds and Column seconds would have been relegated as well to Division Seven or even further. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm from from what they've done so far. I don't think that that's. It doesn't seem like it's an issue on who gets relegated. Because if if you, well, if you if you were both, it, look, Devils, I, if, I, you, if you if you take Devil's Advocate, you would say that if you were looking at just simply a league structure and everything staying simple, you wouldn't have de- double relegations. Uh, okay, you know, no, listen, I agree with you, and I, you know, and I looked at uh, uh, that in that I sat in that meeting and looked at that and looked at what what the situation was. Now you've got an unprecedented situation with Acton Reynolds in terms of that they've asked to be relegated. Now at that point, did they did they think there'd be a division eight? They put you know did they ask to go into the second bottom division and that was division six at the time and that's why they asked to go into division six? Mm. I don't know. I wasn't party to those conversations, mm. and you know so maybe would you put Acton Reynolds in division seven possibly? I don't know what stage Acton Reynolds mm. are at in terms of their redevelopment and actually how they're going to be placed this year with their players and everything else to compete. It's all about, don't forget, at the end of the day, this is all about trying mm. to get competitive cricket in every division and, do you know mm. what, try and make make that every division. So there aren't walkover games. There aren't teams thrashing people because you want people to enjoy the recreational cricket. Oh, exactly. Now, listen, I, no, I, no. I, I completely and, agree. And I, I, understand, I understand the reasoning. I'm just thinking if I was a division eight, if I was a division eight club, I'm looking at this season, just being like six teams. I, I don't know about you guys. What, what, what how, how would you feel, Ollie? 
Oh, actually, probably not best to ask you, Ollie, <laughs> on the committee. But um, Ian, <laughs> Ian, what would your what would your thoughts be? Six team league. Well, I um, I've played in the past in sixteen team leagues, and that isn't ideal because you play some teams once. Um, you know. I do feel that a six-team league is perhaps better than a 16-team league because at least that way, by the end of the season, I know there's a fair bit of repetition, but those teams are going to be playing each other a regular amount of times. So you've got that. The other thing about that um, Division 8 is that the... um, You've got um, K-Glass, Cherk, Gillsfield, you know, and three Shrewsbury teams, Beacon, Beacon, Keystone, and Sentinel. So, you know, there isn't a huge amount of travel in. No. You know, they're lower. You know, it's not, you know, top to bottom. So I I think from the actual um, little structure of that league, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I, I'm i with Slats about the random games. I would almost rather them, because we will be part of that division. Um, I, I'm If someone is listening from the league, I think they should be dropped, the random games, um, because you never know who's going to be strong in the league. And if, if you have an unlucky draw and your two random games are against a team that's absolutely flying... You know, let's say old Auburbury twos are want to prove a point, and mm. you know you have a very strong second team. You know, and and somebody has to play them twice uh, uh, as your random games. I I'd much prefer us just to play um, eighteen games and have random mm. weeks off, so as we mm. could get friendlies in with other teams, because I think that's a fairer reflection at the end of the season. Yeah, I guess um, so. you know, well, yeah. that's, you that's, reckon, that's my opinion. Do you reckon they might do the random games out of a ranking, or is it literally just going to be ranked? Because if at the end, if at the end of the season, say I'm just picking it out the way that it's been done, so they've alphabetized it and based on who the leagues were. So Alberby twos were first, and Corvdale ones were second, and there's a point between each other. And say Alberby have the t- have two random games against the teams who are bottom on the sheet at the moment, which is Condal River twos and Ellesmere twos. Yet Corvdale have two games against Coton versus Quat, it's, it's you know yeah, it's going to be I a massive them... disadvantage, isn't it? I guess. But again, if you that... want to win the league, I guess it's if you want to win the league, you've got to beat those teams. But I guess it would be. Uh, I think you're probably looking more t- towards the bottom end for the disadvantage, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree as well. You know, it, when you're going down, you know, if you're at the bottom of the division, you don't want to be playing teams at the top either. Mm. You know, it's. Um, yeah, I think the random games, you know, in all fair, to be fair across in that division, uh, you know, I would personally, I would rather play just the eighteen games and play everybody home and away. Yeah, for, yeah. for me, and, you know, oh, I'm sorry, go on. So for go me, on, I completely, I completely agree. Um, uh, the random games are a little bit silly, if you ask me, because like you said, and even if you did do it on a ranking system it doesn't quite you know it doesn't quite work but say the top half teams only played a team from the top half mm. you could still have first against fifth or sixth and that's still potentially quite a disparity 
um, compared to second against third or second against fourth. So yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me to have those two extra games. Why not just let them start a week later? They can have an extra warm-up game because they've got the time. There's plenty of teams that will be starting late. Um, have an extra friendly at the start of the year if you want uh, and do that. You can still get mm. your 20 games in if you play a couple of a couple of friendlies throughout the season. Um, yeah, or, 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 or even... Or even avoid the bank holiday weekend, like August bank holiday weekend, where it's notoriously difficult to get a side out sometimes yeah. in these lower division teams. Yeah. Um, you know, you just have that week off. Exactly. You know, no, yeah, that makes sense. And 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 do you know what? That might create some lone players able to go and play, and you know, for another team. Mm, yeah, just I yeah, look, I, I totally get that and that's you know, and I think that's a very common sense way of looking at it. And and I agree. I think it's it just makes sense rather than you know, say randomizing it and you might be on very unlucky and play one yeah. of the top teams. Um the other right. thing to look at as well is this is the interesting bit, is that there are four brand new teams on a Saturday. Um if you look at the bottom division five, you know you've already done the whole Priors League conversation in the other podcast. Don't really, you know, necessarily want to go over that again. Um, but you've got Rockster Twos, who were a Sunday side and have moved to Saturday. Gillsfield Twos are a completely new team altogether, yeah, as far as I understand. And yeah. also um, Sentinel Thirds, effectively the Sentinels have put in a force now that's become the Sunday side, and therefore Sentinel Thirds now play on a Saturday. So and we'll share Acton Reynolds ground, yes. spookily, which I think is great. You know, um, that's two two clubs working together. Brilliant. Yes. Um, for the good of cricket and the development of cricket, which is great. Um, so, do you think that might affect? Do you think that might affect Acton Reynolds moving forward? Uh, I well, I would hope not. I mean, ultimately, at some point, Reynolds have got to be able to stand on their own two feet as a club and not necessarily rely on loan players every week, as you'd hope. And this is given. I mean, the loan system last year gave them the opportunity to still be around to be able to do that. So, you know, hopefully, has been a massive, and there hopefully is a massive recruitment drive going on for Reynolds to try and get players into the club to, you know, rejuvenate it again. Um, mm. But it'd be really interesting to see how all those new teams go mm. in their respective divisions, because, you know, the the league do. Um, and the structure committee do their due diligence on these sides and where they're going to place them in these divisions. Okay. Um, and, you know, they make a decision based on that. Um, you know, people have different views on that and, you know, but ultimately, ultimately, and, you know, and I'll you know, put my committee hat on here a minute, James, and say the people who do this committee and do all that do it as a, they're volunteers, you know, they're doing it for the good of the game and to try and bring the game forward. They're not always going to get things 100% right and they don't pretend to, you know, we we, we learn as we go. And I think, um, you know, it's it's difficult. There are difficult decisions to be made. I think if you look how tight the divisions are these days in terms of there's no runaway games, mm-hmm. the, the structure committee is doing a good job. But there will always be people who feel disenfranchised by something that's happened and I get that and I understand it. Yeah, I I can understand that the way that they've structured it has to be 6, 10 and 12, you know. But that's that's just the way it has to be with the fixture grids. I I have my I have my own personal thoughts on certain things and for me my my own thoughts are consistency and communication really. Um and that they 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 are the things and you know we do this for free. Everyone on the committee does it free, and everyone does it because of the love of the game. And that's and that's the yeah, way it course. is. And no one's no one's saying it's 
no one's saying that everyone is going to be 100% correct all the time. We're definitely not 100% correct all the time. So we've, we've got, we've got, you know, we've got no, we've got no point. We know we've got no standards to stand here and accept perfection off anyone. You know, um, we're just here just to have a conversation and just open debate about positions. You know, and from my end, obviously. I, as a, a member of Alberbury Cricket Club, and this is the point where everyone switches off and goes, "Fucking hell, he's going to talk in Alberbury again." Um, but yeah, just thoroughly, like a bit like Ian, really thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed in the fact that we've been double relegated. And um, you know, from the outside looking in, if you looked at the stats from us last season, I could sit there and go, "Yeah, I completely understand why." Uh, they've been double relegated, but also at the same time, there's me with my Alberbury hat on, being like, "Well, wait a minute. Last season, we finished above half the t- about above a lot of the teams who are in Division Six. The season before that, we won our COVID group. The season before that, we finished fourth in Division Five. Um, and, and yeah, just I, I know because I was I, I was the on, captain that was relegated in that, div- in that just, in Division Three. Ju- just just yeah. just missed out on just missed out on promotion you know we've beaten sides who were in higher divisions than us you know every year before that when we were in the second uh, second 11 division one we were the best of the rest you know we'd finished higher than when two some years we finished higher than quad two some year and now look at them but then we've had this one bad season obviously you know last season wasn't the best but we still and then this season we've had not the best year for availability which every club does you know every club has a bad year. look at Schiffnell twos Schiffnell twos in the prem had an absolute from their perspective had a terrible season yeah but where are they they're in division one and that's 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 where i would be they haven't that the people haven't and that's where i'm talking about consistency but also at the same time it's like the whole thing with bridge north as well it's in in the email that i got they said that they actually spoke to bridge north and they spoke to them and asked them about what was going on with their club and asked them so they could get reconnaissance so that they could find out information about what was going on yeah, no one has been in contact with Alberbury Cricket Club. No one has asked us what happened last year. How are you looking for next year? Because if they'd have asked, they'd have realised that we had a lot of weddings, we had a lot of event social events that people can make. A lot of people have had children, so they couldn't make it last season. But everyone's fully committed to this season. But also, you know, from an Alberbury point of view, you're sat there and they, you're, you're, you feel like going, what the fuck's the point in having a league system? You know, you look, you look, if you'd look at football, Norwich City, you know, got punned one season, like finished with the lowest point score ever, but then the next season got promoted as champions. And it's kind of, you know, there's no, every, every club, every club in cricket, whoever you are, have, have a bad season. You look in the Birmingham Prem, Berkswell, who win the league pretty much. We've won the league every other year, you know, had a terrible season last year. Yeah, get, they didn't get relegated, but they didn't have the, <laughs> their best season that they've ever had. You know, clubs have bad seasons, but, you know, it shouldn't be double relegated. So if Alberbury, I guarantee, though, if Alberbury second 11, not saying that we'll have the best season next year, who knows? You know, it's cricket, you know. All I'm saying is if we win the league, by if we win every game next season, we're not going to... 
we're not going to get double promoted, are we? <laughs> you know, but it's like what, what you know, and that's and that's and that's the thing that I think people get frustrated about is there's no clarity, there's no consistency. If you know, if you know that at the end of the season, if you finish, if it's like this and it's just random, then yeah, then people can accept that. But it's just a case of what what is happening before the season starts. If this happens, this is what happens here. There's no. From from my perspective, and that's and that's what I think a lot of the confusion and a lot of the frustration from a lot of other people I've heard from comes from, is there's yep. not a if this happens, if this situation like what's happened in the Birmingham League, this is what happens in the leagues, and then people can sit there and they can go, we understand, okay, we understand that because now we know that, that is what the parameter is. But also, again, like I've said many podcasts. It's a hard job, and and you know, and it ha- and some decisions, hard decisions have to be made, and you have to make decisions based on this. I just think it's, I think it's just a bit hard. It's it, yeah, it's hard to take, and there are always going to be people who come on the other end who are going to be a bit hard done by. But you you do uh, you do you you do wonder when you're a club who's been a part of the league for X many years, and you're losing places, and you're look. I am, I'll, and I'll put this out here now. Okay, I am not a fan of double relegations i'm not a fan of double promotions i just it just doesn't work for me okay and i think because if a team's on the up and they get promoted do you know what they develop as they're going up the leagues yeah and if, if you double if you double promote them you miss out on that development and you potentially put them at risk of not being as strong as they could be yeah in a year's time for me same for me the well, only the only the only thing i say is like because i know there's a lot of people getting changed well you're agreeing but you also agree to double promotions for me i agreed with double promotions when we had when it was like a full league reset and when it was like we're having a full re- league reset because of everything that's happened yep. and we want to get everything correct, I was like, yeah, these teams, you know, put them there. And everything that's happened has proved those league decisions right. But now that we've got a full league structure, I completely agree with you. I think double promotions, double relegations, double relegations, I feel, have only got to happen if a club requests it. I think you've got to, you've got to, you've got, you know, you've okay. got to earn Devil's your advocate. Yeah, Well, hang on, devil's advocate then, James. So, say, for example, do you know what? Three teams come back from the Birmingham League next year. All right? Three teams come back from the Birmingham League next year. You have additional teams coming in at the bottom. Uh, There are so many variables that you could end up relegating people who finish fifth in their league. But and, and, I'm, yeah, and, and, I, I, they, and they might think, shit, we, we finished fifth and we're getting relegated. What the hell? But that is that is the vagaries of the pyramid system that we're in. And the difficulty is when you have teams drop out, you have teams fold, you have new teams come into there. So you've got to put all that in. And also you've got to make it work from a fixture perspective and a fixture grid um, to make all that work in terms of where teams are playing and are those grounds available, et cetera, et cetera. There's all these things that go into it and trying to make sure that you, you are giving people, particularly in the lower divisions, Mm. More so, the more, you know, that people are getting a game of cricket where actually they're going out enjoying a game of cricket on a Saturday mm. or on a Sunday and not getting smashed or not ha- smashing people. Mm. That, you know, it, they try and do that. And, that, and listen, I, no, I, rec- I agree with that. I agree with that. I just, what I'm saying is if three teams come down, at least have something that is saying if three teams are due to come down or if, well, there won't be three teams that come down. So it can then be two unless there's some kind of like someone's broke the rules, 
But if there should be something that says, if two teams go down and no one goes up, this is the scenario. So everyone at least knows. So if it goes into the last game of the season and everyone looks on the Birmingham website and they can see that they have two Shropshire sides in the relegation zone and that this, they know that that is the parameter. That is what might happen. But fixture grids are not the reason why certain teams have been double relegated or certain teams are in... No, the no, they're not. They Absol- are. Absolutely, no, no, and, no, they're and not. I they're complete, not. I, but I complete, you know, my... My, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying. Look, if this is the situation, I completely understand why. I completely understand that you can go. Look, yeah, this is what's happened. All I'm saying is, if people know from the beginning of the season that this is what is happening, then people can take it. People are like, yes, that's fine. I understand it. And again, like, I completely understand the reasoning behind the leagues. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I get it. And if you look at Division Five, you look at Priors League there, and you, you look at the situation with them, the league have done their due diligence on Priors League. Now, listen, mm. even then, they might have a shambolic season and finish bottom of the pile and go, oh, see, shouldn't have put them in there anyway. Or if they'd have put them in Division Six, Seven, or Eight, and they absolutely steamrolled it, the league would get battered because, well, bloody hell, what'd you put them in there for? They're bloody steamrolling everybody. No, no, I've, I've, I've seen it. And do you but know what? I think, I think, I think there'd be less, I think, I'd be, uh, I'll, I think there'd be less people who would say, Ah, oh, they've steamrolled the team. They've steamrolled people, but they're at a lower standard of cricket than if they were at the bottom end and they've been put in a higher division. Mainly because at least people would be going, "Well, the league are making them earn it." What are your thoughts on that, Ian? I think that uh, there should be a rule that every new side, regardless of um, past glories of some players, regardless of personalities that are involved. If you are starting a new team that wants to enter the Shropshire League structure on a Saturday, you should start at the bottom and you should find your own level. And if you steamroller teams for one season, two seasons, three seasons, well, that is just part and parcel of it. I would like to see all brand new Saturday teams start at the bottom. I have got, if I had a pound, I've been captaining now for years. If I had a pound for every player in October, November, December, who told me they were going to play more next season, they were going to sort their work rotors out, they were going to make sure that they could play cricket, I wouldn't, I'd be the richest man in Shropshire because when it comes to April, they do exactly the same thing as they've done for the last four or five years. They don't turn up. <laughs> but, um, you know, well, so I, I think I, that uh, I definitely think there should be, you know, if you're starting a team, you should start at the bottom. And if you've got to find your own level. But then, okay. Ollie, I'm sorry, Ollie, I'm trying to, I'll take it around, Slats, and then we'll come back to you. Um, right. For me, I'm going to just take it back a step. So, First and foremost, and I'm going to echo Andy on the main on the main podcast here. The the league committee do a absolutely fantastic job in the whole. Yes, they make mistakes. I, t- they make, totally they make mistakes occasionally. Totally agree. I agree. Um, as well. and, I, <clears throat> and I don't think a lot of people realise just how many hours some of the committee put into running Shropshire cricket, and it is hours and hours and hours, and there's meetings and forums and all sorts of things that people go to. So. You know, thank you very much to those people that, that do it on all of our behalfs. You know, Agreed. You work at how, many play, how many players there yeah. are across all the divisions. Agreed. There's a lot of people that rely on on those people. Yeah, now, Agreed. In, in regards to 
three teams being relegated out of every division. As much as it pains me, because we were one, we were one of those third teams that got relegated. I think that was the right decision. If you finish in the top two, you you've earned the right to go up. So the, that means that the, the third place team in the division above has to go down. Like I said, as much as that pains me, I've said it all to you privately, and I'll and I'm happy to say it on here. I also do not agree with double relegations unless that club has asked for it, as we said. You know, if they've if they've been in touch with the league and said, look, we're struggling. If we go, if we just go down one division, we're going to have another season, and it could be the end of our club because we've had two seasons of being absolutely spanked. We're going to be we're going to be in trouble, and you know we're going to lose participation. So that's fantastic. But to to have it done to you when you don't know anything about it, you haven't been consulted, and um, you don't want it, I think is is not right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the double promotions, I, I get why they did it at the time. I, again, you know, it, it's not it's not really for me, and I said that at the time. Yeah. Um, so I think it's. You know, it's a very difficult job and, you, and all these, you know, these new teams and I, and I see both sides of it. A new team comes in, they've done, done due diligence and, you know, the, the, by the looks of the players that have been selected that or the, the, they've got listed, re, you know, registered already, those teams probably would be far too strong. You know, you, you look at Chirk coming in um, a few years ago, you couldn't have put them in Division 7 at the time. I, th- I, I think, yeah, I think I think with Chirk, they were already a team, though. And I think that's, yeah, that's I true. Think that's, that's where it comes from. With, with Chirk, they were a team coming from another league. So you could you could kind of accept that. I think it's the but fact some, that it's some a of the, some, some of these are new uh, teams already, and they've come from Sunday cricket. So we can look at how they've performed in Sunday cricket and how we think they'll perform in Saturday cricket. So it's so difficult and mm-hmm. no matter what the league do, it's going to, and I'm not, I'm not defending the league here. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, this is, these views are my own. Um, the, the league got a really difficult job and no matter what they do, um, someone is going to be unhappy. Um, I personally disagree with some of the things that have, have happened in this close season. Um, but I think those teams that finished third bottom can't really have too much of, a, of an argument um, around being relegated because we knew we knew, and it could have been four. It could have been four if if there'd been two teams from the um, Birmingham League that had come down. It could have been the bottom four that had gone down, um, yeah. and then you know it'd have been even worse. But I think we knew. I know we've certainly talked about it in most of the season at Calvert Hall that we would need to finish out to the bottom four to be ultimately safe. Um, I do feel bad for Corvdale, who did finish fourth bottom um, and have still gone down. You know, you've got to be pretty disappointed, like Ian said, you know, and you can hear the deflation in his voice that as a club, they thought they'd done enough, but they hadn't. Um, and I, so I, I I, get what James is saying. It would be nice to know that if if one team comes down out of the Birmingham and one and then our champions go up, then it's two up, two down, most likely. If... Yeah. One comes down and no one goes up, then this is the scenario. And it was just nice, to, and they don't have to. They say this is this is what we will try to aim to do. It doesn't have yeah. to be this is what we will do, but this is what we will try to do in these scenarios. And that would be, and then no one really can have a moan to say, yeah. oh well, you know, we didn't think we'd go down because we finished third bottom, mm. but you know, at the end of the day, we are people. Well. <laughs> 
me and Ian, anyway, we're just people who think these things to ourselves, you know, and we have our own internal debates in our own heads. Whereas, you know, people who are on the committee are in a group of people. You all have your discussions together. You know, absolutely, while you're given all of the information, you know, yep. and you have all everything in front of you. So, you know, we have to, you know, as members of the league, we must just trust that the, the correct decisions are being made. And, you know, 90, 99% of those are, are done, you know. Um, Look, and, every, you know, and, and like you said, the leagues are more competitive than they've ever been. There are still lots of teams playing cricket. We've only lost one team because of um, what's happened, which is the Ols, which is the Ols got Heath third 11. But how that would have affected the league system anyway? I mean, would it have gone to like a, a division of five or a division of seven? I, I don't know how it, how it would have worked. But um, yeah, it'd have been, it would have been interesting. But um yeah, I, I expect it may know, have been an 11 and a 6. I think, you know, <laughs> it's one of those. And I, I, I generally think across the board, the, it's, you know, it's it's pretty fair. And, you know, three teams have got relegated for the majority of divisions. You know, they've made it so that everyone will get a game of cricket this season. Whether it, in, like Ian said earlier, you know, you've got your teams of six, which is better than everyone playing each other once. Yeah, well, it's, it's like you said, it's a cons- it, it, the consistent approach, and um, whether that's you know just a bit more contact between those clubs that you're going to make those big. It's in a big decision. It's a big decision mm. uh, that they've made, um, and you know I'm sure Alberbury, Corvdale, Chirk, all those teams would have taken it a lot easier had they been consulted beforehand. Um, but what I will, what I, just one point on on the league, and you know. Everything that is done in the league is a democratic process. Just want to be clear: no one person has um, can make decisions around all this stuff. It is a democratic process. So that also means that not everyone on the league agrees with with what they've done. So don't tar everyone with the same brush, as it were. Oh, you know, no, there are, we're not. We're not. <laughs> there, there, are, there are there are members of the committee that um, that you might think, oh, you've done this to us, but actually they might not have agreed with it. They might have done, but they might not have agreed with it in the first place. I um, think no, I certainly agree. I think just to echo what Ollie said, you know, these things are debated long and hard. You know, there are people with lots of, you know, like just like we have opinions on here, people have opinions on the committee, and you know, and all those those opinions are aired and listened to, and you know, it's a democratic process to get that. But again, for expediency and swiftness, that's why we have sub committees that do these and then bring it to the main committee or either agreement or not agreement and then we look at proposals so um yeah it's people feel aggrieved and i i think this done with the best intentions is 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 my view um look nobody knows how those new teams are going to perform this year you know, we could the, the the structure committee could be left with egg on their faces, think, well, bloody hell, they haven't done what they're going to do. It's left us open, but mm. you can't quantify that. I, but what I would say is, I'd also agree with the whole. Let's communicate mm. better. Let's communicate better as a league committee, um, in terms of what the potentials might be. Even mm. uh, there's, there's so many variables there, and that's the only thing you could almost have, you know five a4 sheets is right well if this situation happens it'll be this this and this if that you've got to it, it's it's difficult because of the, but the league, the league yeah, you would you you could also say on a counterpoint that the league puts out a handbook and everyone reads that you know so you you know 
<laughs> what's an well, extra, well, yeah, extra but, four pages? But um, but yeah. but do that. <laughs> do they read it? <laughs> I read it. I don't know about you guys. Ian, the main question is, what do you fancy, mate? A pint of cider or a pint of mild when you come down to the diamond? Definitely a pint of mild. And make sure oh. you're in the two. <laughs> I will do. Hey, I will hang on there, a minute. Hang on a minute. Pizza and chips are all the wayside, as well as the home team. Whilst I you're got... there, we'll treat you like you're a celebrity, my man. Just, James, when you, when you listen to this back... Bring a realize... box full of books... <laughs> Do you know what? I think I will. <laughs> Hurley, I'll have a, we'll have a sign in evening. We'll I'll have a sign. We'll have a sign in. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Put, I, I won't be uh, a cross on him. <laughs> I won't tell the accountant, and it'll be just cash in hand. All right. <laughs> um, I'll just, say ten percent, please. And Hurley, Hurley, you need to listen to this back because when he was going through Division Seven about all these great lads. He didn't mention Oldby Seconds, mate. Just, oh, just listen yeah, to it well, back. He's not, he's, not, he's not played us yet, so he doesn't know how That's good That's exactly we're, right. Because all, all us far, all the farmers, we're all, we're all the same. We're all in the same group, aren't we, Ian? So, uh, That's it, right. It's, uh, it, it doesn't need to be said that we get along and that we're all good lads. We'll all be, uh, we'll all be sharing tips on feed and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and lambing, and with that, I've got to go and do some lambing. So, uh, thank you very much indeed, lads. I'll leave you to finish off without me, but uh, as always, it's been a pleasure, and um, I'll catch up with you on number eight. Hey, no worries. Thank you very much, Ian. All the best, mate. See you, boys. Ta-da. Bye-bye. Cheers, Take care. ta So, now that Ian's gone, uh, what thoughts are <laughs> <laughs> He's still here. No, I'm not. Bring out your dead. I'm not dead. He is. I'm trying. Knocked once for yes and twice for no. I'm not dead. It's like a sketch out of Monty Python. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he still hasn't left. Gone. There we go. I've Gone. removed him. Oh, um... God love him. God love him. <laughs> oh. So yeah, no. What I was saying was a lot of a lot of clearly a lot of discussion. Is, I am I am going to be on the, the the structure committee next year. I've been moved over to that committee um, for this for this coming year from the rules committee. Um, you can't unfortunately be on both. So you one or the other. So I've been asked to move over to the structure committee. So I'll be able to have my opinions. Um, you know, it's not to say that they're the right opinions, but it, they're, they're my opinions nonetheless. And I'll be able to put those those forward. And hopefully it won't be as complicated as it was this year, because clearly it was very complicated this year. And that's why it's taken so long for these um, final three divisions to uh, to be released. Um, so all being well, you know, It'll be like I said, it'll be easier next year. But I think in the whole, I think it's what we would ex- what we would have expected um, for this for this season. Yes, there are the one or two things that we've obviously gone into great detail about already um, that we we might not agree with, but mm. other people clearly do think that's the best way to go. And the proof is in the pudding at the end of the day. Exactly. Um, and it's up to those it's up to those teams now to prove to prove those decisions wrong or right. You know. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully there are some decisions that are proved to be the right thing and some divisions.
some some decisions will be proved to be wrong. They won't. They won't everything will not be mm. right. Um, but the league have done what they that they think, whether we think that's the right thing or not. Exactly, and the league and the committee, they just make the decisions which they think are in the best interests of the league and Shropshire cricket. So that is that is fair, and as you've mentioned, there's always going to be some things that uh, go better and worse, and you know, no one agrees 100% of the time. Um, Ian, last any last thoughts? I can call you Ian now because... Ian isn't here, so no, it feels a bit dirty calling you Ian. I'd just go back to calling you slats. Slats. That's what I'm used to, mate. It doesn't bother me either way. <laughs> um, yeah, look, as, lots of decisions. Some of them we, we agree with, some we don't agree with, as Ollie said. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a game of opinions cricket, isn't it? And you know what they say? Opinions are like ourselves. We've all got one. Some are bigger than others. Yeah, and I've been called a massive arsehole a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I and I, I find myself not doubting that. But anyway. <laughs> um, listen, uh, now all that's out of the way, let's focus on getting on with the cricket. I yeah, think so. I think, yeah. you know, it's it's you know, it's what's on the pitch that counts now, and hopefully we have a season where the weather is as kind as it was last season. And we can all get as many games played and none lost the weather. Um, you know, that's probably unprecedented. Cheers, lads. Now it's ball. just going to piss it down all season. <laughs> well, we can, we can just spend more time in the pub then, can't we, mate? Don't we, really? Ah, you know what? Not a problem there, mate. Every cloud. Every cloud and all that. <laughs> every cloud has rain in it and we're in the pub, yeah? Great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Thank you very much, guys, um, for coming on another podcast. I'm very sorry for um, everyone who has been able to. I don't know whether the microphone has p- picked up all of the Airbus uh, flights and the Fly Emirates flights going to Dubai and various other pilots in the world. And, um, yeah, thank you very much, as always, for listening uh, to these podcasts. And we are going to be upgrading and uh, moving forward this year with the podcast. If you are interested in getting involved and joining us or even sponsoring, please get in touch. Contact us at cowcornerpodcast.gmail.com or reach out to us in our DMs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at cowcornerpod and at cowcornerpodcast. Or just simply uh, message me and um, and we can get something sorted but yeah another great pod guys and uh, yeah i just want to kind of throw out there that you know uh the league do a great job and all the committee and we do want them to feel like you know we do respect everything they do and the time that, that they take out for so thank you very much both of you and um until the next time goodbye bye-bye Sayonara. have a good season Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365 day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 